Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Curious, a podcast where we want to encourage diversity in thought without creating division in community. I am Matt Fisher. I'm the creative director here at Hill City, where we record this and every episode of the podcast. And yes, we are back in the recording studio, a good solid six feet apart. It's a big table. It's a medium-sized room, but it sounds a lot better. And I'm here with my co-host, John Wagler. John, what's yes, going sir. on, man? Yes, sir. Nothing. Nothing Literally, is going on. What could Nothing be going to on? talk about. Nope. Nothing is happening. Sure so. glad all that's over. <laughs> sure glad we got through that. Man, those couple of months. Glad we wrapped that up real quick. 2020 has been one century long so far. <laughs> yes. 2020. You're a thing. Oh, boy. Well, yeah. always, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. This, good or bad, this was the year the future started. <laughs> yeah. Whenever we look back and we think, when did things become more like RoboCop or the Terminator? Yeah. We're going to think 2020 yes. was the year. Yeah. It's like I was telling our kids, like, guys, pay attention. Like, this year, and they're old enough to get this part. So, like, this year, like, people will talk about this year for a very long time. This is the only thing your kids are ever going to want to know about is what was 2020 right. like. Like you guys were there in 2020? Yeah. Like that was wild. It's true. Well, yeah. I mean, you even think about I was talking to somebody the other day and they were talking about their dad visiting uh, unexpectedly and uh, their dad is like they're older than us. So I think 80s like in their 80s is a neighbor of mine. And I was like, "So what are you guys doing?" He's like sitting around watching World War II documentaries. <laughs> and that's like such a thing. Like World War II is such yeah. a thing. There's video games and documentaries and movies and like podcasts. And that's going to be 20, 2020 is possibly our World War II. I just hope that it doesn't last for as long <laughs> or as a end war. In that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's the other thing too. That you think about like the exchange of information, how quickly, like, like then you had to wait for certain right. things or you had to like gather around. Yeah. But here it's just like at our fingertips and it's worldwide yeah. and everything keeps happening and it just it's piling on top of each other. We've got an election coming. It's so it's going to be a wild year. Yeah, you want to know wild why year. you want to know why every day feels like a week because it used to be that it took a week for a letter to get from one place to another. <laughs> now we text. So literally time has sped up. Oh boy. Well, we don't have um, a guest today. It's been a while since it's just been John and I, and we just wanted to do a quick catch up. It's not going to be a long episode, um, and we'll probably resume um, next week or, or next episode with uh, hopefully talking to David Bennett. I won't make that promise because we <laughs> haven't made try. that. Yeah, we You're haven't made and scheduled that yet. But we'll have um, you know some additional perspective from um, from other folks from a guest next episode. But for this episode, we just want to do a little catch up. Yeah. Um, tell you guys uh, how we're doing, sort of talk through how what our, our two different perspectives are on this big year, um, and maybe just talk about some of the stuff we've learned, just talking to some of the folks we've talked to both here on the podcast and, and just like being involved in protests and Zoom calls and, and, and panels and every other yeah. dang thing. So um, just to recap, in case you're living under a rock, COVID's still happening, Um <laughs> We here in Richmond, because I know we have listeners all over. Um, here in Richmond, the um, the protests and demonstrations that have stemmed from the Black Lives Matter movement um, have been pretty big. As we are, you know, the capital of the Confederacy, uh, formerly the capital of the Confederacy. Um, it's not. Somebody asked me the other day. Someone from Florida asked me, like, is it like Portland? Or is it like uh, Seattle or whatever? And I didn't really know how to answer that because I was like, I don't know. I haven't 
been to yeah. those demonstrations. I know the news. I mean, it seems very crazy there. Um, but I wouldn't say it's been that um, super intense here as far as like. Had moments. There's been some, some yeah. heroin. Yeah, very harrowing moments. But like the last week and a half, for instance. It's been pretty. Yeah, I mean. Like, still stuff happening. Yeah. It's um, been- but it's been more like the last couple of demonstrations I've been to have literally been everybody sitting and listening to someone talk. Right. Um, yeah. It hasn't been a whole ton of like protest you yeah. know, um, action. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of chilled out a little bit, but still going. Um, definitely a marathon, not a sprint, as we've said. And, I mean, what else? there's an election coming up. Yeah. What's not happening? Is there what's, anything not what's happening? What's not happening? <laughs> yeah. It's all. Sports are starting back up. Yeah, we are going to have sports again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's just like a lot. I mean, obviously that's COVID related, but, yeah, it's just like a ton of stuff. Now that Washington is changing their name, I think I might watch sports. I don't know. I feel like I'm supposed to. Like I'm supposed to be like, okay, you did the thing I asked you to do, and now I have to have like to honor that. Watch your sports thing. Um, and I don't really watch wrestling anymore, so I might as well. I'm very curious what the name's going to be. I don't. Have I know. You, do you? You're in sports world. Like, is there any buzz about the, what it could possibly? I have be? not heard anything recently. Um, they're they're they have not released like options yet. Okay, they just retired the old name. Yeah. Yeah, and I know there's one guy who's been buying up trademarks nice. for trademark troll. Uh, yeah, patent for like, trolls are the yeah, best. Yeah, <laughs> for like I think since 2013 oh when it was gosh. first talked about. So he, the last I heard, I saw that someone said it was like 242 of them. So like, it'll be fascinating to see if he makes his money back somehow. I mean, probably just with the URL, whatever the new URL I know. is. I know. Too funny. Well, so John, since um. I mean, April, March, whenever, so, since the world <laughs> moved on, um, what ha- what is one thing that you have really learned? What's something mm-hmm. that maybe you've learned about yourself or learned about other people, yeah. um, whether it's because of our reaction to the virus or our reaction to this uh, systemic racism conversation or just justice in general? What's something in in the last few months that you feel like is a recurring theme in your head of like, this is something I'm learning or this is something that keeps coming up? Yeah, you know, um, I consider myself pretty well read. And um, I think one of the things that I'm just like really learning is how little I know. Mm. Like, because I feel like every time I get into a conversation with one person about a certain perspective let's just say it's around race and you kind of flip it and you hear, uh, I mean, this happened to me a few weeks ago, like in consecutive conversations with some black folks, um, are part of our community and some friends. Um, I was discussing the same thing with four of them and all four of them said completely different things. Mm. And so, and then put it, you know, put some conversations with, white folks or brown folks, whatever. Like, I just, I don't know. It's just been like a part where like, I've always like talked about that and value perspectives and all those things. But I feel like I have been hit harder with that. This go around of just, and I don't even know why. I don't know if it's just because I've just decided to engage it more, you know? Um, But I think the other thing is that I I think has just been, um, there's a group dynamic that I'll maybe talk about it later, but I think for me personally, um, 
I think that there's this, you know, as I was saying, like there's the perspective piece, but then I also like, I'm, this is not judgmental, but like, man, like the Christian community really doesn't have a strong foundation. Yeah, we really beefed it on this one, I feel <laughs> so, like. I just, I know there are people that do. Sure. It's just, as a whole, like, I think when you think about all right, what's being exposed, not just culturally, it's like what is, what's being exposed in the church, and you're like, and here we are. Mm. You know, and, and so there's just a lot there. I, I think even seeing... This has happened several times and folks have even left our church and or have sent me emails or conversations with me. They'll say something like, we're just so liberal on this. And and I'm and I'll respond by saying something to the effect of why is it that when I'm trying to bring up scripture, you're bringing up conservative or liberal? Hmm. And I've been will say the only my only guess on why that happens is because you don't realize how discipled you've been by politics. Mm. We're all being discipled by something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I just feel like I'm running into that, mm-hmm. whether that's on social media or whether that's in certain conversations. Again, not everybody, but like that has just happened way more. And I think when you have the tension of the election <laughs> percolating mm-hmm. in the background, that's now I feel like now it's even like coming up even more and more and more. So, yeah. What about for you? I think mine's similar as far as like realizing how little I know, right? It was, I think it's all I know is that I know nothing is Socrates. Um, And that's really true. Like, I I think that, um, you know, it's really exposed in me a lot of foolishness. Um, I've been reading, I've been trying to like get more into my Psalms and then, you know, read more um, like wisdom literature from the Old Testament um, and it talks a lot of the time about like fools do this, fools fools do that. This is foolishness, and I don't think that that's always necessarily like the worst thing. They definitely like in Old Testament. They definitely, or well, in the Bible in general, they make a delineation between wicked people and foolish people, right? Sure. And I, it's really made me realize how foolish it's been of me to sort of brand myself as like the woke guy, sure, um, and an ally in 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 the sense of like the racial conversation but then realizing that like i uh, listened to some public enemy records and (laughs) like i really you know like i saw malcolm the malcolm the spike lee malcolm x movie once and i read a couple of things at some point and even maybe you know some of our co-workers and and church members and friends of mine who are black would say like yo you're you know X amount more woke than most other white people I know. Right. And, and I love, you know, I like soak that in way too much. <laughs> sure. And so I really went into this thing with people like giving me book recommendations or just like posting book recommendations and stuff. And really with like a prideful attitude of like, no, nah, no, nah, I know. Like I, I, sure. I'm good. I'm good. I'm with you. Like I'm on the team. I don't really need to know anything else. And then reading, uh, you know, reading uh, Crossing the Lynching Tree and reading How to Be Anti-Racist and then now read, I'm reading some of James Cone's other work. I don't know anything. Like, I don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, it exposed in me that I really thought that I understood the, um, like, the minority experience in this country because I got picked on for being a punk as a kid. And there's a, like, level of it where I do know the feeling of, like, when a, a you know, big pickup truck pulls into a parking lot, I feel my heart rate go up a little bit because – 
you know, certain type of sort of sure. like dude picked on me in high school or whatever. Yeah. But like it just really made me realize that I was really stroking my own ego on how down I am yeah. and like how much I know. And then, I mean, just literally a chapter into that first James Cone book, I was like, I don't, I literally don't know anything. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't understand at all. And that's been good for me. It's been humbling. Um, it's been good to take my own medicine uh, in a lot of ways. And it's been super challenging. Like this James Cone book I'm reading now is challenging. I've yeah. kind of jokingly like texted you about it a couple of times. Um, but it, he wrote it in 1970. So he, it's very much like a reaction to MLK being killed. And so he's like pretty angry in it. But he's also a theological genius. <laughs> so right. it's like reconciling yeah. those two things can be hard. Um, so I think I've just really been struck by like how much I even need to learn about the things that I purport to care about. Yeah. Um, it's also really um, given me a insight into what some of the real problems are at the root of, of a lot of what's going on, like both COVID and the social like upheaval. And it's just really given me a chance to humanize and empathize with people I don't agree with. Like it's, it, I don't find myself being angry, which I think a couple, if this had happened to me, the me I was a few years ago, I feel like I would just be livid all the time. Sure, like I would yeah. be a ball of rage. But um, whether it's like disagreeing, you know, like disagreeing with people on pandemic response mm -hmm. or, or even the existence of, of the pandemic sure. yeah, yeah. or vaccines to the um, stuff about race, it's really made me be able to like see what what it is that like drives us and what it is that um, kind of puts people in the position to have the opinions that they have. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. I think, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I'm going to read two scripture passages here in a second on the spiritual side, mm -hmm. but on the cultural side, um, a few weeks ago, I just decided to, um, I would almost like rotate days of where I would say, I'm only going to actually read conservative things. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and then another day I'm like, I'm only going to read more liberal things, like just culturally. And, um, and it was funny just like taking a step back and I'm, and I was like, you know what, this is crazy. Like truly crazy. Like mm -hmm. what, what's happening. And, and I would find myself being like, you know what, that's a really good point there. And I'm, then the next day I'm like, that's a really good point there mm -hmm. on the same things. And I, and I started like feeling like, okay, one, got to be real careful of how quickly you can get into a camp, mm. you know, and how easily that can happen. But two, um, and this is where scripture comes in that I want to make sure. And I feel like I have done a pretty good job at this, but I'm trying to get like more adamant about it, but I want to make sure that what I'm doing is I'm being discipled by Christ and his teachings and the Bible. Um, rather than Ben Shapiro or mm -hmm. Michael Harriet or, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, Joe Rogan or mm -hmm. what, whoever your choice is. And I wanted that to inform things on a way bigger level. And I started maybe feeling a little bit like maybe some other authors um, were speaking a little bit too much or maybe like, a, maybe even like a, another pastor, maybe a little bit too much. And so 
just started like in um now i'm gonna preach on this uh, not this week but next week but in colossians 2 8 it says see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition mm. and the element uh, elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on christ mm. and that one's really stuck with me because of how much when you really take a step back in in this doesn't matter if you're consider yourself conservative or you know on the more progressive liberal side how often we fall into the empty philosophies of human tradition and we don't even realize it because of how often even in the human tradition there can be some good mm-hmm. and it feels like that goes along with scripture or mm-hmm. it feels like that sounds like something Jesus would do but then when you take a step back you realize well, Jesus wouldn't actually do, he would do like a part of that, but not mm-hmm. all of that, you know, or he might say some of that, but not all of it. And so I've just seen that, you know, I can feel that tug in my own life and, um, and I'm seeing that in, you know, bigger ways. Um, you know, we've, you know, we've got folks in our community who have, you know, have hashtag Trump or MAGA or Black Lives Matter infinitely more than they have anything of scripture mm. or Christ. You know what I mean? And it's so like, there's, there's like a, a piece of this that I think we gotta be real careful with that. We get kind of the warnings that Paul had. Yeah. One thing I've been struggling with or wrestling with, um, is, um, seeing my, you know, they, I mean, this is like a story older than time, right? Like that if you, you, uh, you hate something enough that you become it, Right. That's sure. like oh, just gosh. a basic story, narrative element they yeah. teach you in creative writing. Like, like the, the Pharisee saying, thank God I'm not that person. Exactly. Know, like, yeah. Right. Like you either, uh, you know, die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain, which I'm pretty sure is a Batman quote. <laughs> um, but that's something I've really been struggling with because there's been times, you know, during this, uh, this whole thing when I've been, you know, fired up about the activism sure. portion of it. And I've found myself going to scripture, which is a good thing, mm-hmm. but, you know, um, not six months ago, I would be the first person to hop up when somebody quotes scripture about a thing and say, you're misapplying the scripture, or you're just mapping yeah. your thing onto this scripture, or, I mean, gosh, going all the way back to, like, Scripture was used to justify slavery and the Crusades yeah. and all this other stuff. Every Christian does it yeah. at some point. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I don't know that I ever had. And then all of a sudden I found myself asking myself, um, like, mm, is this in context of what Isaiah meant? Because let's be honest, when it comes sure. to protest and justice and all that, it's always Isaiah, Jeremiah, Jeremiah. Or Ezekiel, yeah. <laughs> um, which is fine. You know who else quoted Isaiah a lot? <laughs> Jesus. Um with but it really with gentleness. Gentleness always. <laughs> uh, um, not, <laughs> not standing on the protest line, shouting it at a row of <laughs> riot cops, like somebody I know. Um, but it really made me realize, like, am I just, am I just the the clanging gong that I've always hated? Now, um, I don't think I've gotten there. I guess I'll give myself that much credit. But it's definitely been a season of, um, for me, not necessarily struggling with not quoting enough scripture, but how am I applying scripture? Constantly questioning myself. And it's tough because it's like, you know, I'm reading through, you know, in the midst of all this upheaval and this call for like justice and, 
and and uh, you know equity and all these things. I'm reading through Psalms and 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 the Gospels, and then taking what I read in the Gospels and referring it back to Isaiah and Jeremiah, and seeing the things that are going on around us. But then I always have to ask myself, is this confirmation bias? Like, yeah. am I looking for my next protest sign scripture, and so I find it? Or is there a chance that, like, well, no, the scripture just talks to, you know, lifting up, encouraging the oppressed, and that's what we're doing right now. Yeah. It's it's tough. And I think, like, the only way you fail is to stop asking yourself the question. Correct. Like, once you've decided either, no, scripture doesn't apply to this, so I'm not going to quote scripture, or I know scripture so well that I know that this is exactly what it means— <laughs> yeah you know, that's when we lose. Yeah. But I've never really struggled with that in my life. And yeah. now I very much am. Yeah, I felt myself getting so amped up on certain things. And um, and I was struck by, uh, I just jokingly said it, but the gentleness of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that I really ever think about. You know, that truly part of Jesus is gentleness. Mm-hmm. And um, I know we want to yell and critique and you know all the things and the justice stuff and that's obviously a part of scripture too but you know there's also that part of jesus of like the gentleness that you know even in the midst of you know some of those like tense moments that he's having like drawing the line in the sand Mm -hmm. you know like those you know those things and we probably picture it certain ways Mm -hmm. you know based on like how we think you know um but I just started wondering, like, how often we might picture something Jesus being like, I'm drawing this line in the sand. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah. who wants to cast the first stone? You know, whatever. Who has but no sin? Cast the first stone. And I just wonder if he, like, what if he calmly said that, though? Mm. <laughs> Do you, like, what if he was, like, calmly drawing the line? Yeah. And he's got this woman who's, you know, so afraid. And, and so, like, he's protecting her. He's mm-hmm. got a gentleness with her. And I don't know. Like, yeah. there's just there's something to that. I I feel like I'm learning a lot in this season and, and even like on the, um, you know, you, you talked about the systematic side, right? Like, you know, Ephesians 6 talks about we don't wrestle with individuals, right? Like mm-hmm. it's the principalities mm-hmm. of darkness and, you know, in powers and authorities. Well, the way that manifests itself is through systems, mm-hmm. right? Like, so even when someone's let me like say, I'm not racist. Mm-hmm. Cool. Like I'm not. That might be true of someone who might say that. And um, they might be spot on when they say, I'm not racist. Like, I, you know, and just because I'm white doesn't mean I'm racist. And I, and I could get on board with that with mm-hmm. people, you know. Um, but I think what we see then as Christians is like what the Bible points to is those that there are systematic things at play, no matter what, in every system and everything. And part of what I have like learned more in this is the depth of that Mm -hmm. and i want to bring up like our prayer walk Mm -hmm. because i think that that showed um you know we've we've talked a little bit like the spiritual realm of things and we're not going to get into that but today but you know um so matt and i go on a a prayer walk and um, we start off at monroe park have a nice little time of prayer and then we walk down to the police station and, and you know the history of the police um is where they were slave catchers right and and so part of that is there is a demonic element and systematic um, evil to all of it, right? It does not mean that every now police officer is either A, racist, or B, evil. It just means that there is a systematic element at play. And so just like there's systematic things everywhere. But anyway, we're, you know, you and I are walking up and it was like the most, it was truly probably, I could only think of one other eerier moment in my life, if eerier is a word, um, <laughs> yeah. in my life 
uh, which happened in New Orleans, mm. down the French Quarter when Lacey and I were walking, and we turned a corner on a street, mm-hmm. and um, it was a bunch of witch doctors, mm-hmm. and we could literally feel the pre- like a spiritual like demonic presence mm-hmm. on the street as we turned the corner so much so that Lacey had just started crying mm. and um and so we like hightailed it out of there yeah. and um but it was similar <laughs> it was pretty kidding. vibey was, i can say yeah. like i get it like the storms were brewing around Boy, yeah. us and it was like the timing but you could hear a pin drop and so matt and i ended up like trying to go pray with these four police officers and um they all started off praying with us, and um, when we lifted up to say amen, and in the prayer, I felt convicted to pray certain things that were not at all disrespectful. Um, they were just, and really, it was prayer for them as well, but like, um, I did feel convicted about, you know, praying for wisdom and justice and, you know, for people to do the right things, but man, we lifted our eyes and said amen, and there was only one officer Only left. one remained. <laughs> so, the but... What we both felt in that same moment as we turned around was like we felt um, a systematic thing, mm. like that, like the rulers and principalities of that. In the same way, I would suspect if we were able to go pray for some of our political leaders, I guarantee you we, we would sense something mm. that just isn't right, you know, because there's just like this underlying thing there. And um, so even like experiencing that through all of this and like realizing more and more and being more sensitive, I should say, like towards the spiritual realm mm-hmm. of some of this stuff and underlying things, it's been like eye opening. Yeah. And it's I don't know. I'm um, I'm here to tell everybody that it's quite possible that where those um, like concrete barriers are like outside the police station might be like a thin spot. <laughs> between the spiritual world because like at that exact same place not a couple days before like a week before i was at a a demonstration that got real heated and ended up in tear gas and stuff but i left before that but there were like rubber bullets flying over our heads and we were in a standoff with the riot police that were there and i read from psalms and half of my fellow protesters booed me (laughs) And a couple of them patted me on the back and was like, well, you tried your best. (laughs) And then some people started chanting, God hates cops, which was not my intent in reading (laughs) Psalms. And it was this big moment of like, not really right, not like, oh, I'm right and these people are wrong or whatever. It was just spiritual chaos. I mean, spiritual chaos. Spiritual chaos. Like some people were into what I was doing. Some people weren't. There was a part of me that was like, well, maybe it's not my place to speak. Like maybe I'm being the Bible thumper that I don't want to be. So maybe I should have been quiet in that moment. Or maybe you're experiencing I'm, a prophetic element right now. I don't, there, yeah. And know, the, like, like I don't have a solid answer. You know, I think like if I was more sure of myself, I'd be like, well, you know, prophets are never welcome <laughs> in their hometown. So, but uh, it was a, it was a, again, a vibey yeah. moment in that very same spot yeah, and then, <laughs> that you and, and I stood and, play, and prayed listen, with the police. And then listen, the one police officer we prayed with was a super nice guy, clearly a believer. Yeah. And was very like, I mean, we talked to him for yeah. 15, 20 yeah, minutes. He's he like, yeah, he's great. So like, I don't know. You, I felt like in that moment, you sharing about, you know, reading the Psalms, mm-hmm. what we experienced in prayer, meeting an officer's clearly a believer, mm-hmm. does want the right things and really did, mm-hmm. he desires the, the right things to happen mm-hmm. holistically. Like all of those things converging like you could, I don't know, it's my, it's just like, yeah. man, you just kind of, there's just more to all of this stuff, right. you know, and on the spiritual side that I think 
I've just, I don't know, just like yeah. way more sensitive to it. And my prayer life has gone. Um, my prayer life is like, when I say infinitely better, I really mean that. Yeah. Like them, not just even in the amount of praying, and that's a bigger thing, but even like Lacey and I are praying together way more. Mm. Um, but even like in the fervor mm. and like the passion behind my prayers, I feel like just such a massive change there too. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, in in sort of a great example of like the upside down logic of the kingdom, um, you know, I I'm most everybody you know has heard part of my story or some of my story, but like. I've been maced and like, you know, been out protesting and like had these sort of run-ins with the authorities on some level and, and just there's been a lot of tension and I've been reading, you know, about the history of policing and all this other stuff. Like everything that I've been going through um, would – conventional wisdom would dictate that it would um, put a wedge between my neighbor and I who I, – our neighbor is yeah, a police yeah. officer – and I feel like her and I are better friends now. And we've had like super open conversations about it. But like we literally, I spent like her and her fiance came over. They're at our house almost every day. Like we're at each other's houses almost every day. We're like yeah. family now. And some of that's due to COVID. But some of it's like, like it should be awkward between us because again, the world would see us as being on like two different teams or whatever, or two opposite sides of a, of a situation. But, like, I've never – I don't know that I've ever felt closer to a neighbor in my life. Right, yeah. Um. I mean, her and I – she helped me, like, put a new board on our deck because – and we literally hung out for, like, eight hours. <laughs> yeah. Like, we did the deck and then started cooking out, and we were, like, in our in our backyard in, in our backyard for, like, a work day's worth of hours. Yeah. And I can't remember the last time I even did that with one of my close friends. Right. You know, like, one of my – whatever, other friends. Yeah. Just spent all day together. Um. So that's just been like all sorts of cool stuff coming out of this very uncool, <laughs> this very bummer of a, bummer of, a of a year. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, so John, last question. Um, second question <laughs> slash last question. What do you really hope to see? Obviously, the things that we're experiencing have long, like lifetime and generational effects correct that are gonna one way or the other are gonna yeah. i mean like the same yeah. 2020 is not gonna like end and then we'll be fine yeah um but like when january 1 rolls around of 2021 like what's something that you hope you personally and we as a community come out of 2020 with yeah my hope is a uh renewed sense of the work of the spirit of god in our lives like in a way that we're not just paying lip service to the possibilities of how God can transform our hearts and minds, but we've actually engaged it in a way that we never have before. Um, my greatest concern, and I'll just speak for our community. If you're listening outside of our community, you probably resonate with this too, but my greatest concern, again, as I was saying earlier, that we're being discipled by the wrong things. Mm. And, um, you know, you've felt the brunt of some of my annoyances just on text, just, <laughs> you know, as, as I was going through white, the book, White Fragility, yeah. and, you know, I texted you the, that um, document, the African-American Museum, like, mm-hmm. sent out that they, by the way, took away. Oh, did they? Um, yes. <laughs> um, and so I just, you know, too many people are being discipled by the wrong things that don't represent Christ. Mm. And my biggest hope 
is that there would be this rush back to what Jesus taught, this rush, genuine rush back to the power of the good news of Jesus, you know, that there would just be this incredible move of the spirit where people are coming out of the saying things like, man, I didn't realize how much I had let politics impact me. I didn't realize how much, you know, whatever the thing is, um, and seeing just this radical transformation that, you know, you know, in scripture, God doesn't like take us out of pain or out of suffering or out of the bad. What does he do? He gives us things to go through it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and so when I'm looking at 2020, I know some people are like, gosh, I can't wait till 2021. But like, I'm like, no, no, no. Let's get through 2020, you know, in the way that God would have us do it. And so that's really my hope because there's so much crap out there that's impacting Christians that has directly affected how you actually not only view the gospel, but how you're actually a witness to it mm. or lack thereof. And, um, and so my hope is that there's some dramatic shift in that for us as a community. I think it's possible. I think we're seeing it in pockets. And, um, and that's going to come through a lot of prayer, a lot of humility, a lot of um, study in scripture. You know, I think it's going to come in new personal disciplines. I think it's going to come in community, like allowing each other to just kind of challenge, you know, some things um, that we're able to just discuss together. And I hope that coming out of this, there would just be this renewal um, through this crisis that, you know, we can just look at. It's like, man, only God could have reshaped my heart that way. Only God could do those things. And because I think we've been, you know, just way too comfortable, you know, before that and leading up to this point, I think, again, not everybody, but like, I think there's been a level of comfort. And so that's like my, my real hope is that they're, man, coming out of this, it's, it's not like as cool as it would be to some of see these like justice things change and, you know, <laughs> in answer to COVID and mm-hmm. like, you know, all this stuff, but like, and you know, even the election, it's like, man, coming out of this, I just, it would be so awesome if like our focus was actually on Jesus. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. I think that there's, um, that loss of focus, um, is something that I have called, and I don't know if I came up with this or if I read it somewhere. It seems too smart for me to have come up with it, <laughs> but this, I, it's, it's kind of like social paganism, mm-hmm. right? So the problem with paganism is not that like trees are bad or that rocks are bad or that animals are bad or that weather's bad or the sun is bad. Those things are all good, but it's worshiping the creation instead of the creator. And this idea of social paganism, which I see a lot of Christians falling into right now is justice is good, equity is good, Um, fighting for the oppressed is a good thing. But if you worship the thing rather than who created them, Mm -hmm. that's the problem. That's the disordered, you know, and and I think that right now when, especially if you see um, stuff like um, the activism that's going on as good, it can be tempting to worship that thing instead of yeah, the reason totally. why it's good, right? Yeah. Um, so I think my hope is that people realize that and continue to realize that, um, yeah, it's it's the one from whom that justice flows, not the justice itself. Yeah. Um, I think also uh, just that there would be, you know, I, I you're 
as you're, you know, kind of saying like whether it's COVID or the race stuff or whatever, like what I, what you really want is a turning back toward the face of God, which you know for the that can sound probably if you're at, still at Christianity 101, that may sound like well I don't understand what that means, but it's really ju- I mean Jesus talks about it. It's love, forgiveness, yeah, mercy, humility, humility. Um, it's these ideas. That's like the spirit of God. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we woke up tomorrow and there was a cure for COVID, but we didn't learn that masks are not about us, but about others, you know, like we didn't sure. learn the, the, the lesson that like, we're supposed to care about one another, then the co- then it was a bust. <laughs> yeah. Know, like it was yeah, a bust totally. to get out on the other end of it. Yeah. Um, so I'm really hoping that we learn some of the things that we're meant to learn during this time. Um, and that we don't let that you know, sort of pass us by. Yeah. And there's a lot of that to go around. Yeah. I mean, we all have, I think like for, I'll just use an example. If, if, if you haven't wrestled with and prayed with like this kind of emotion of like, Hey, um, God, would you show me any bias or prejudice or racist, racist thoughts or anything that I have in the midst of this? You, you might have a different perspective on how systematic racism has or has not worked Mm -hmm. or, you know, what's still, out there now or whatever it is. But if you haven't like paused for a second and repeatedly prayed to God, would you please reveal any racist or prejudiced thing in my heart? Then like, you're not, you're not approaching this with the heart that God would have us approach it with. Right. Like, so, um, and the same point about the activism, right? Like, like are we approaching this the right way? Mm -hmm. And I, I, I totally agree. I think the idea of turning back to God, which is repentance, right? Mm -hmm. Cause we've turned away from him, you know, um, we, it feels like, Ah, I don't know. Is that like that feels too like Christianese or mm-hmm. you know whatever? But there is just a truth in that that the only way that we can fully go about this in the right way is to just fully submit ourselves to God in this. And um, sadly, and well, let me rephrase that. It, there's a part of this that's sad. It's a part of it that's encouraging. What's been exposed is that we aren't doing that as a whole. Mm-hmm. And that's sad. But in that exposure can come repentance, can come the work of God, which can lead to something really great and really hopeful, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that when we talk, again, I'm always trying to put myself in the place of the listener who may be new to faith or maybe is questioning their faith or whatever. And like when we talk about the submission to God, that doesn't mean submission to someone's idea of God. Correct. It doesn't mean submission to someone's theology, someone's specific church, someone's denomination, so any of that. Like, God is bigger than all that stuff. Um, and submission to God is really a submission to, and repentance, which, you know, like we've talked about before, the, the Greek word for repentance, metanoia, is really just like, the changing of your mind, right? Like the changing of your turning heart. Turning around and going another way. Yeah, turning yeah. around and going another way. And yeah, and just, so just like I said with COVID, if we woke up tomorrow and there was some like magical way to hocus pocus out all of the systematic racism and it was just gone, but we didn't learn to self-assess yeah. in the midst of all this, racism would be back in like 15 years. <laughs> if not <laughs> like sooner. It would be, yeah, 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 if not sooner. You know, if we didn't, if we don't learn the things that we're meant to learn. And when I say meant to learn, I, you know, we've said this before, I can't make like the theological argument that this is some sort of like judgment, like the COVID or whatever is like some sort of wrath of God yeah. type thing. But in 
our pain, we're meant, you know, I think God uses that pain to redeem a bad time by teaching us something or by changing us or, you know, forging us in the fire. And again, if we wake up tomorrow and all these problems are quote unquote gone, but we haven't learned the things that we're meant to learn, Mm -hmm. they're just going to come back. Correct. And Um, usually bigger than before. Yeah. 100%. So, yeah, I think we could go on forever. We always can. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) But I think that's good for a catch up. Um, if you have any questions, quips, quotes, comments, or concerns, you can send them in to staycurious at gmail.com. You can, I'm sorry, staycurious at hillcityrva.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at staycuriouspod um, or on Twitter, the bad website at staycuriouscast. Um, if uh, you get a chance, like and subscribe, share the show so that we can get more people in on the conversation. And uh, we will see you all next in the next couple of weeks. And as always, make sure to stay curious.